Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Because it's your birthday, Ben, I'm, I, I, I don't think you could have gotten a better gift today in a way, could you? It was awesome. This was, it was a great, I don't need anything else. That's all I need right there. That was the perfect gift. Beat Happy it. birthday. Happy birthday to our Ben Byram. Thank you. Getting thank old, you. Getting old on us. Big 2-0. You and uh, Tristan Newton celebrating a birthday today. They're very talented. A couple of young up-and-coming talents, right? Absolutely. I think I could take them one-on-one on the court, though. All right, we've got... <laughs> uh, I, that doesn't even dignify a comment. Um, I uh, We got... Uh, I'm excited we've got uh, Blake Harrell on the show with us today. Uh, talk about the pirate defense and uh, kind of how he's feeling about uh, the 2021 season after uh, the pirates wrapped up... Uh, Spring practice on Saturday, the purple-gold scrimmage. Uh, but the uh, big news out of Charlotte uh, today, Teddy Bridgewater got traded. Two-possession Teddy. Two-possession Teddy, as uh, one of our interns kind of dubbed him. And it made no sense, but we thought it was funny. Um, Bridgewater traded to Denver for a six-round pick. So now they've got a couple of backups, essentially, in Denver. Yeah. That's kind of Denver's problem, not really anyone else's. Do you see Den- – I, I guess this means Denver's not going to try to move up and get a quarterback, right? Nope. Maybe they are. Who knows? Oh, uh, well, I so think, the- yeah, I think they're getting a quarterback. I, what okay. are they, one spot ahead of us? I think they can definitely get one by then. Okay. This is Sam Darnold's team, right? I believe so. I, I kind of go back to what – and you were very negative on the Sam Darnold thing. and I, and I, I go was, back to- I was. Have you got, have you gotten any better with with this acquisition, Darnold, now over Bridgewater? I mean, all intents and purposes, they're the same guy in a way, right? I I think Darnold's better than Teddy Bridgewater, which well, may be unpopular, but stop the press! I think you've gotten all all full of it all of a sudden. I've you're, completely you're changed ex- my stance on him. I would say you've done a one eighty. You have done a one eighty, or as Jason Kidd said, you've t- we're going to turn this thing around three hundred sixty degrees. Um, you've done a 180 on this. You will do a 360 on Sam Darnold at some point. I'm just I'm trying to figure out at which <laughs> game will you do this? Will you will you complete? No, nah, I don't think with so. the second 180. Look, I think it's good because Darnold doesn't look over his shoulder. It gives the Panthers an extra late round pick, which I I'm not necessarily uh, against that. But I mean, boy, you signed him to that what 20 million a year deal, and you you deal him for a sixth round pick. E yeah. E. E. But when you well, look at it, if you were going to trade Teddy Bridgewater, I mean, that's probably the best you could have done. I don't see how it could have been any better, realistically any better. No, I, I, I tend to agree with you. I don't think you could have. There wasn't a whole lot. You might have been able to do a little better. Yep. 
maybe something in the fourth or fifth round or, or third round. But uh, yeah, you're, you're probably right. The thing about the Bridgewater deal is he was going to be the gap guy anyway, right? Yeah, I mean, it's literally in his name, Bridgewater. I mean, bridge and he quarterback. Was the, he was the bridge uh, from Cam Newton to whatever era, which apparently is going to be the Sam Darnold era. Or does this set up Carolina to get Justin Fields? Absolutely not. No. Right. A lot of a lot of pundits seem to think that's the case. I, I don't I, I don't get that line of thinking. I, I absolutely do not understand it. Because when you look at if you when you look at Sam Darnold, he's what, twenty four years old? He's still on his rookie deal. And he has experience in the league, and he wasn't put in the best situation to succeed. I think we can all agree on that. And by indications from the sources close to the organization and by Rule and Fitterer themselves, they believe in Sam Darnold. And looking at the press conferences and how he's approached the offseason, I think he believes in himself. I, I'm not buying into the theory that he's damaged goods. And now he's got he's got talent around him. He's got arguably the best receiver he ever had with the Jets. And if we approach this eighth overall pick right, we, we can go ahead and get the best left tackle in the draft instead of the third or fourth best quarterback in the draft. I'd rather them whiff on getting what they think is the best tackle in the draft or maybe even the second best tackle in the draft than whiffing getting the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the draft. I can live with that. That's a position that hasn't been addressed in, what, 13 years now? Yeah, I'm, yeah let's... Let, let, let's think smart here. Let's give Sam Darnold something to work with instead of making the situation worse. Which is why they're going to draft Justin Fields because the most important <laughs> position, the most important position in all of sports is what, Ben? Quarterback. There you go. Sam Darnold might make a heck of a backup or at least a guy that could show uh, Justin Fields, the ropes, uh, but in all seriousness though, if you are going to make that move with fields, why have Darnold be the guy competing with him or showing him how to do things? You would, you would keep Bridgewater yeah. and let Bridgewater be the, again, the gap guy with you and Fields. I, I, I do tend to think they're going to go a different direction with that corner tackle. We shall see. And now that we're getting close to it, this is the most exciting uh, time. I and mean, we will know in a little, what, 26, 27 hours from now, exactly yep. what Carolina is going to do. So, I think, do you foresee them making any other kind of move? With uh, Do you foresee them trading this pick and picking up any other picks or maybe picking up another position area with some late-round picks anywhere? What what say you on that, Ben? I honestly believe the probably the most likely scenario is they're going to trade back and either get uh, maybe like a Slater or maybe a Elijah Vera Tucker out of USC or get a cornerback. I mean, Fitter has been kind of very adamant about getting a quarterback above anything else, so... That's the most realistic scenario, but I'm not saying it's necessarily the best scenario. But uh, well, I can live with a uh, Slater or a Vera Tucker. I think the trade for Sam Darnold was the big quarterback move. If I, if you're just reading the tea leaves, that's the big quarterback move. I think the fan base is going to be excited now that Bridgewater is gone. Look, Bridgewater didn't play poorly at the beginning of the year. He didn't complete games very well. Yeah, He got hurt, and after he got hurt, he was really never the same. And, you know, again, he was the gap guy. So are, is, are you banking on Darnold being the future? You're going to give him the remaining two years. They've already exercised the option on the rookie deal. Are you going to be using that as your uh, as sort of, uh, you know, we're this is the guy for at least the next couple of years we're going to buy in with as we build the team around him? I think he's quite serviceable. Yeah. 
if he if you have guys around him and if you can protect him. I don't again it, whether it's Cam Newton, Tom Brady, Sam Darnold, Teddy Bridgewater, Dan Marino, uh, No Name Jones, whoever, if they have to run for their life, there's big problems there. Yeah, no Major. doubt. Major problems there. By the way, uh, what do you think would happen in Jacksonville if Trevor Lawrence worked out like every other quarterback? Well, not every other. Like the majority of you know first-round picks do or that are quarterbacks. He's just okay. He's not great. Yeah. What have, have, have Do you think the folks at Jacksonville are considering that whatsoever? No. <laughs> <laughs> they are not. They are not. Well, there's some big excitement today in the world of Ben Byram. I, I, I know you are happy. Not only is it uh, the big uh, big birthday for you, yeah, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater gone, and he's somebody else's problem now, and uh, they're all in on Sam Darnold. Yep, I, I wish him well. Who's pack your bags, you, hit the road, let me, buddy? Let me let me ask you this: Who's the backup? I guess it's Will Greer. No, 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 no. <laughs> PJ no. Walker. PJ Walker. I forgot PJ, all about him. XFL alum PJ Walker. So there you go. Are you? Do you feel comfortable with that? I'm fine with that. I mean, what we're gonna we're gonna draft Justin Fields and make him the backup? Because I'm telling you, it's Sam Darnold time here in Carolina. Justin <laughs> Fields, take a back seat. Beat it. Yeah. Hey, uh, the high school baseball season started yesterday. Congratulations to all of our uh, great uh, teams there. They did well. Uh, always anonymous text line says Holton Aylers, and then oh come on, guys. <laughs> settle down well there you go i mean look plenty Holt has a great year you draft him give him a year to back up darnold and then have darnold go go away to free agents <laughs> why not why not look if Holt nailers gets drafted next year you know what that means ben he's had a hell of a year for ecu oh yeah that i mean that means big things for ecu that means he had a spectacular year for ECU. So I'm the very least conference championship. I'm thinking. Well, no, I just think if he has a big year and the team wins and gets to a bowl game, I, you know, I, I, I think he would have to have an enormous year. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. Holden may be back for a couple of, uh, for a couple of uh, years. We'll see though. I would love to see it. Uh, the Panthers ended up paying Teddy Bridgewater. Get this for 15 games of work, right? And this isn't good. <laughs> Thirty-one million dollars. Jeez, Marty Herney, you can also beat it. <laughs> Have fun with the Washington football team. Soon to be your Washington ambassadors, ain't that right? Uh, P man. Uh, yeah, the I ambassadors, so. the Belters. I think the, I think the Belters is the way to go there. Uh, maybe the Belters is the second uh, nickname. Um. All right. So let me uh, ask you this. Uh, we, uh, as I was saying, the high school baseball season started yesterday. I know Rose won, so congratulations to them. That conference is doing something interesting. They're playing uh, the opponent that, that you know they, they play around Robin. You play everybody twice. They're going to play them like they beat Newburn yesterday, so they'll play Newburn again on Thursday. You know, just so the teams aren't intermingling with one another. Yeah. That's what they decide. And I think that's very smart. And a lot of conferences had started to do that. Uh, anyway, I talked to Claude Kennedy today. A uh, longtime baseball umpire, and he's kind of uh, the guy behind this book that is uh, written. I've texted with Bethany Bradshaw a little bit, and this is uh, the book we told you about yesterday that Bethany has written called Covering All the Bases with George Whitfield. George Whitfield's Extraordinary Life in Baseball. 
Uh, the book is out Monday. And you were explaining this to me, Ben, and when, you, when you're an old man and you got old man brain, uh, you don't quite understand when you start throwing out these, uh, these apps and all that, these dot Which Zelle is not really like, it's not like Venmo or Cash App. It's still kind of. Well, I think the best thing to do is this, talking to Claude. Uh, and, and they're going to have an event uh, on Monday at Parrot Academy at the, uh, the gymnasium there. There'll be some books for sale. They're going to have kind of a kickoff event for it. Uh, we're going to, uh, we're going to be there at some capacity. We're still sort of working that out yet, but I want to talk to coach. We're going to talk to Bethany and uh, we'll have some more details for you as we get closer to that event. But, uh, Claude Kennedy has given this address that if you want uh, to get the book, this is probably the easiest thing to do in my mind. Uh, and that's mail a check $20 and that'll cover not only the cost of the book, but your shipping to Claude Kennedy PO box 818. Grifton, North Carolina, 28530. And I'm sure Bethany will have it on her website as well, but Claude Kennedy, P.O. Box 818, Grifton, NC, 28530. Uh, and then there's a Zelle app. Uh, it's it's complicated, but uh, zellpay.com. And you can maybe do that uh, as well, and then you just need to put your shipping information uh, on there. And, again, that's, that's kind of a cash app, but it's not in the sense of Venmo or or what have you. Is that right, Ben? Am I right on that? Yeah, it's 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 in the same vein. Okay, but it's not exactly like that. Yeah, I, I I've, from my I experience the, it's only it's a I think it's like a Bank of America exclusive thing. Don't don't quote me on that. Oh, but, is that uh, right? Yeah, okay. it's it's a little strange. All right. Speaking of Bank of America, the other I, I noticed that the uh, Panthers dropped <laughs> some uh, you know, some on the down low news before they announced the big trade of Teddy Bridgewater. And that is they're going to make the turf at Bank of America artificial. No longer will it be natural grass. It'll be an artificial turf now. This is just the beginning <laughs> of a dome stadium of Tepper World. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you you seem very upset by I don't think it matters, does it? What You know what it allows them to do? It allows them to host more events there. I loved going to Bank of America and smelling the Bermuda grass. I mean, it was it, it was part of the experience. It was part of the atmosphere. It was part of the ambiance. I loved did it you, that way. Did you like watching a Panthers game the Sunday after the Belk Bowl when it was chewed up? <laughs> huh? Did you ever come on? Did you dig that? Hey, all now I'm look, saying, outdoor outdoor stadium. You need some natural grass. Get that well, turf stuff out of here. It's about to it's about to be an indoor stadium. Turf toe. Who needs it? You you don't you're not gonna have to worry about that much longer. Last thing I be, need is my franchise quarterback Sam Darnold getting turf toe. It'll be fine. They'll have a roof on that building and they'll be hosting Final Fours in no time. Uh, we we're gonna do our boat jangles giveaway. Uh, caller, we'll stick with caller five. That seems to be a good number. I like that. Caller five for Teddy Bridgewater. There you number. go. Two shoes, Teddy. Uh, 252-561-GAME, 252-561-4263. If you're caller five, you will win uh, some Bojangles. We are going to have Blake Carroll coming up uh, just after the bottom of the hour. When we come back, uh, we'll try to get to a little bit of uh, the Holt Naylor sound we didn't get to yesterday. Uh, so give us a call. You'll be a winner of a Bojangles gift card, 252-561-4263, which is 561-GAME on the Patrick Johnson Show. 
When preparing breakfast, it's important that you have quality ingredients. That includes fresh eggs, bacon or sausage, and most importantly, Clay Travis on the drive to work, Patrick Johnson on the drive home, and the best sports programming in Eastern North Carolina. Oh, that really sounds magnificent. Right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Just follow me. We're doing it for the ground. Check out picks from the PJ Show and more. Plus, picks from around Pirate Nation. 94.3 The Game, now on Instagram. At Bojangles, they serve up those hot, fresh, made-from-scratch butterbilled breakfast biscuits all day, every day. Here on the P-Man Show, it's bow time. 519. John from Lil Washington was our winner. I know folks are still calling, but we got a winner. John joins us here. Congratulations. Thank you for listening, but congratulations on uh, the Big Bow uh, gift cards coming your way there. How are you, John? Doing great. So this is your time to shine, John. Do you have a, a statement? As long as it's not profane uh, or anything <laughs> you want to you want to ask <laughs> Ben Byram, you know, it's his birthday, so you could wish him happy birthday like a gentleman. Or if there's anything you want to ask me, just go ahead. It's your time. Uh, happy birthday and go Pirate Baseball. What are you, th- are you a little concerned? You know, Bri- our guy Brian Bailey, Double B, tweeted out today. It's going to be Gavin Williams in game one, and they're going to start Cooch Maynor in game two. So that's the, the Friday starters in the double header. And uh, then uh, who knows what's going to happen? After that, yeah. TBH, somewhere yeah, in there, it's going to have to be a bullpen get, game. He's going to bring it back in for us. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. Hey, congratulations. Thanks for calling. And uh, we appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of the day. It's a beautiful day out there. Oh, yep. Sure is. Thank you all a lot. All right. Thank you, buddy. There's John, little Washington. Uh, we had a bad accident, a couple of them actually, uh, out in front of the building here today. Um, and I think everything's okay, but, uh, gosh, it wasn't anything as, as severe. I don't think is, uh, you know, what we had a couple weeks ago, uh, there in front of Ruby Tuesdays, but, uh, the traffic was a couple hours ago that happened. So I hope, uh, everything's okay there, but, uh, I'm not sure if they ended up, you know, how the travel is, but you just may want to avoid the area. There's a lot of roads you want to avoid, uh, during this time of day typically. So, uh, but, uh, we will, uh, just wanted to give that little, uh, mention in case uh, you take Arlington from one end of town to the other. Uh, ben, uh, do we? Uh, we're going to have uh, Blake Carroll. On. You worked hard. You slaved over a hot microphone, or actually over <laughs> a hot, uh, a hot uh, computer yesterday, uh, editing this tape. So, do you want to get into some of our uh, pirate report stuff from yesterday, particularly Holt Nailers? All right, let's do it. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. I dropped something, Ben, and then you didn't hit the thing, and I was scared to death. I thought something crazy had happened. Uh, of course, this is from uh, the spring ga- spring scrimmage, excuse me, on uh, Saturday. Uh, Holton Naylor's giving us his biggest takeaways from the spring. Um... That, I mean, it's a different program than it was when I first got here, when Coach Houston first got here. Um, I mean, it's a bold program. It's time to time to get him there. So, We're going to talk to Coach Harrell about this, but uh, Holton ran over him uh, in uh, the Saturday scrimmage. I don't even remember. It was a pass play, and I just ran. Um, 
and he was so close to the sideline, and I was looking upfield to throw it, and then by the time I got to the sideline, he was right there. I felt so bad for that, but, I mean, I hope he's okay. I don't know. He won, so he'll be fine. This is uh, uh, holding on uh, Mason Garcia and Stubblefield, and uh, their experience they picked up over the spring. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, anytime you get kind of live reps like that, even, I mean, that's a spring game, but even during practice, um, I mean, you can see him progressing and stuff like that. But anytime in front of live fans, I remember my first time, my first spring game in front of live fans, really. And, I mean, they've been here for a year, but they haven't really had that. I mean, Mason started his game, but, you know, Stubby, that was his first time in front of live fans, really, for the most part, um, other than a couple of scrimmages, I guess, with, with family. But it was it was good to see them go out there and do good, yeah. Hold Nailers on the Pirate tight end room. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, we got some talented guys in there. Um, I mean, I think you look across the board, it might be one of our deepest positions. Um, we got a few more coming in. So, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, anytime you can split those guys out and, and they can catch the ball and then go in and block, I mean, there's not many people like that that you can just go across and recruit. I mean, every school in the country wants that, but, you know, not everyone gets it. So it's good that we got a couple. All right, and then uh, Hold Nailers asked about getting vaccinated. Yeah, um, I got my second one of the Pfizer one two days ago. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I I couldn't miss another game. I mean, last year sitting at home, you know, that sucked um, watching watching the game on TV. So, I mean, that was kind of my final decision was I wasn't going to miss another game because of this. Um, and I, I've tried to push that on the team. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's an individual decision. Um, but, obviously, you know, I mean, if, if we have enough people that get it, then we'll be fine. So, hopefully we do. Here, Here's the deal, Ben, and uh, this is – you know, I think there is some hesitancy by certain guys, as there is in society within the program, uh, to, to you know, get the vaccination. And that's certainly anybody's right if they don't want to uh, do that. I think for Holton Aylers, and I don't know if there was any hesitancy on Holton's part or not, but if there were, I think what you heard him say there won out. He did not want to miss a game. So if he's vaccinated, that improves his opportunity, one would think of not missing a game. And look, I think the majority of the team is going to have to come around and get vaccinated in order to avoid having any issues during the season. Don't you agree with that? I mean, whether they agree with it or not, in order to be able to play and not have, and I think this goes for all the college, just not ECU. I think a lot of college football teams are going to have to make a decision that the majority of the guys need to get uh, vaccinated if we're to believe what we're being told right now. That that's their best chance to play and that it would prevent the spread of COVID from occurring. That's the, kind of the latest thing today. All right. Uh, Warren Saba. He was on, uh, he, he was one of the GMs for the spring game. He talked about it. When I was notified that I was going to be picking, I thought it was going to be pretty easy. You know, uh, you watch the team every day, you know who you want to be on your team, but, uh, um, when you actually are picking and, and Fry is there with you, so you don't think he, he's going to do something that you you know uh, that he's going to do. But uh, it was actually pretty hard and stressful picking a team and putting a team together. So uh, I'm glad I don't got that pressure right now. And he talked about uh, being the team GM even further. After my football is career done, I want to I get into coaching. So it was uh, fun for me to get that role today. Um, Picking-wise, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't think it was going to end up that way. I thought I was going to – I was going into the draft uh, focusing on offensive players. But, of course, Fry plays offense, so he's going to get the – try to get the better offensive players. Uh, so I just um, – the day before, Jawa was like, um, 
hey, why don't you go get the mail first? And I said, get the mail first? I got Nolan and, and, and Jaquan. Why? He was like, because that's going to throw him off. And surely it did because when I said I want the mail, he was my first defensive pick. So when I got the mail, Coach Houston kind of looked at me like, the mail? I'm like, yeah, I want the mail first. And then I end up getting, you know, Malik and Nolan. They all played out in my favor. Um, I was trying to get all my roommates. Uh, I got everybody except Miles. So I was disappointed in that. But uh, it was pretty fun, like I said. That's really cool. Uh, 64 for our low tonight in your forecast. 89 tomorrow. And then uh, looking at uh, 82 for the high on Friday, Saturday, 73. A little bit of a, a small chance of rain Friday. Not everybody gets uh, wet, though. And then Sunday, a high near 83. And we look at next week with uh, temperatures in the middle 80s. 86 right now with fair skies. Uh, ben, you want to go ahead and do an update so we can uh, get to Coach Harrell here bottom of the hour? Let's get it. Let's do that. Uh, Panthers with uh, a big move prior to the draft and more. Here's Ben Byram. Thanks, Patrick. We start with Pirate Baseball's freshman reliever C.J. Mayhew has been to the been selected to the midseason Stopper of the Year watch list. As it stands, Mayhew leads the Pirates to rank second in the American Athletic Conference in saves and appearances. In ECU women's golf, senior Dorothea Forbrig is one of six individual golfers that have been selected to participate in the Baton Rouge Regional, the D1 Women's Golf Regional. She's the fifth player in program history to ever play in the postseason as an individual. From the NCAA, NCAA President Mark Emmert has received a contract extension through 2025. From the NFL, the Carolina Panthers have officially traded quarterback Teddy Bridgewater to the Denver Broncos for a 2021 six-round draft pick. The Panthers have agreed to pay $7 million of Teddy's $11.5 million guaranteed for next season. The move saves the team $3 million in cap space. When it's all said and done, the Panthers ended up paying Teddy $31 million for 15 games. Although the Broncos have a quarterback competition brewing between Teddy and Drew Locke, the organization, according to multiple reports, will still heavily consider getting a quarterback in the draft. Meanwhile, some Panthers news that went a little under the radar is the fact that Bank of America will no longer have natural grass playing surface. They will now move the turf. Elsewhere in the league, the Buccaneers re-signed wide receiver Antonio Brown to a one-year deal with $3 million with a possible $6 million in incentives. Giants running back Saquon Barkley is expected to be fully healthy and ready for week one. Sources close to the situation claim the Annapolis Colts have exercised their fifth-year option on guard Quinn Nelson. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update. I'm Ben Barham. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Tweet at us <gasps> at 943thegame. Oh, friends. At P Man on Air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943thegame and P Man on Air. On Twitter, this is the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game and 94.3 The Game.com. Kane is in the building. Saturday, the Pirates wrapped up the spring practice season. That's right, spring football this year. And uh, Blake Carroll, defensive coordinator, entering uh, his second campaign with uh, the Pirates, joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Coach, how are you? Good, Patrick. Appreciate you having me on. Always great to talk to you. A lot to talk about here. Have you recovered from this Holt Naylor's tackle you tried to make? I'm still a little sore, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I think 
as long as I get my daily treatment and to get down the training room and, and get it worked out a little bit, I think I'll be okay. I, I might still have a few more days of concussion protocol, but <laughs> 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 hey, uh, my, my wife, she, our, our little girls had a soccer game, our, our two youngest, so she missed it. She goes, and she didn't care like that she missed the game. She wanted to see the hit. She wanted to see me get ran over. She, <laughs> As soon as she heard about it, she goes looking through Twitter and all that kind of stuff, trying to pull it up so she can, re- you know, see it live, all that kind of stuff. So, no, I'm, I'm all good, though. It's part of the game. Coach, when you got – I mean, Holton's, even though he's lost some weight, pretty good-sized boy. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I What are you thinking that. here? What are you thinking? Well, I, I was really, tell, you know, trying to show our uh, DBs how to take a uh, – we call it catch technique or take a charge. <laughs> And uh, just sit there and take a take on the contact. <laughs> I, I really, I really was already on the next play and was really kind of turn around and and uh, thinking about the next play to right. get my butt out of the way, which I should have been. So I'll, I'll I'll learn from that one. Hey, but you know you'll take that if you're on the winning side of the scrimmage, right? That's right. There's no question. Uh, you know we we look at these scrimmages normally and. I, I thought Coach Houston made a really great point afterwards. Because they're divided up, you know, the offense in these things maybe is never as explosive as it will be in the regular season as we expect it to be. Uh, and then the defense, of course, looks great because, um, you know, the offense isn't that cohesive unit. And that's just the way it is, and it was fun, and I, and I think everybody enjoyed it. It was just great to have football again back in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. But let me get your assessment defensively of, of how you felt like as a whole everybody did. Well, like, like you mentioned, I, I would say this. Anytime you get to practice against the offense you're going to see on game day for 14 practice, I think there is an advantage defensively there. Um, but I thought our kids defensively went out and, and played with great effort, great energy, and, and flew around. They're playing really fast right now and with a lot of confidence and, and just really proud of those guys. And the spring they've had, they, they're certainly, you know, I told them this yesterday as, as a group, they've made it enjoyable to be a coach and coach those guys this spring. So it's, it's been a really good spring as far as that goes. ECU defensive coordinator Blake Harrell, it's great to have Coach back with us uh, here. Uh, Pirates will be opening the season uh, on the Thursday before Labor Day in Charlotte against Appalachian yep. State. So they are on the clock, and uh, that is uh, the, uh, the next Pirate opponent. Uh, year two, how are things different for you? You've had a spring ball now. You've had a season – uh, where the defense had some really nice moments and made some strides. But how are things different in this program defensively right now? Well, I think you could just coach the, the finer details of things. You're not trying to coach everything. Uh, you can coach just, you know, hey, the finer details of, you know, the, maybe the defensive call, the techniques, and kind of get to all that. Because now kids understand the standard of how we play defensively. So that's that's been a relief that you're past that and the kids are to the point where they hold each other to that standard and that accountability. Uh, so that, that's been awesome. And just really excited about year two and, and, and getting to the fall with these guys and, and really excited about where we're going. Coach, as far as uh, looking, you know, towards that season, we mentioned you've got App State. They're going to be considered kind of a top 35, top 40 team. South Carolina is going to have a new look about them. Marshall, a new head coach. Uh, probably be a little more predicated towards the run. Uh, and then your conference opener in October, Tulane, and they've got the great young quarterback coming back. You're going to see Houston early in the conference slate, Cincinnati to close the year, Navy's 
mixed in there for good measure. Uh, you're seeing a lot of really good productive offenses. How much uh, how much time and, and what kind of time are you going to be able to devote you and the staff, you know, to the game plan of that? I think even though this summer is getting back a little more to normal, uh, what will you guys do as far as game planning, tape study, that sort of thing? Well, like you said, thank goodness we're getting back to that normal and uh, getting back to kid having recruits on campus and all that good stuff. But we, we've always been and ha- have, you know, since we started together, uh, spend some time on each of our first three opponents um, and, and just kind of game planning, going through film and, and kind of checking things out. We've already, you know, looked at App State, kind of broke down their, their uh, projected starting quarterback, uh, different things of, of that nature. And we'll, we'll spend some time on them again this summer and come up with a pretty good game plan there. Uh, and, and obviously you'll tweak it as you get closer to the season, but that, that kind of gives you a good base. Uh, as, as well as the next two opponents as well. We, we you know, even watched, already watched a uh, South Carolina spring game um, that we saw there. So uh, we'll, we'll spend some time on that. You always spend time on Navy because that's just a, just a different offense for you. Yeah. Uh, and it's a little bit different game plan as far as what you do defensively going into that game. So you, you certainly got to spend time on those opponents. And then anybody else you may see on your schedule that has maybe a new new OC, new coaching staff, or, or, or just some different things they're trying to do. So – you definitely got to look look to the fall and, and kind of get ready for it and prepare. Coach, what do you think the biggest thing now uh, to worry about or, or to really concentrate on if you're a defensive coordinator? Is it the game of college football overall? And I know you get into individual opponents and look for tendencies and if there's new coaches, as you just mentioned there. But, you know, just on the whole, what is what is the challenge for defenses now in the college game? Is it the way certain things are officiated? Is it uh, you know? It seems like now the way that the offense is being run with a lot of RPO that's not so out of the box anymore. You've seen a lot of that over the years. So what is it that that is the thing that's kind of the new cutting edge thing in your mind overall as a whole? Well, it's, it's like you said. Everything seems to be officiated from an offensive mindset. The rules kind of change over the years to. To, uh, making an offensive game, whether it's to score more points or, you know, be more productive for the fans or whatever it may be. Uh, so you kind of always battling that and trying to adjust to that, those rules and those those uh, situations defensively. Um, and, and like you said, you, you've seen tempo, you've seen the, the RPO, so those are kind of the things. What we noticed last year, and I think we may even notice more this this fall, is teams starting to get back to the huddle and, and just mm-hmm. try to, Mm-hmm. You know, that way you don't know exactly what they're coming out in, what formation, what what uh, three by one, two by two, what what set there. So, I think you may see more of that, which we saw late in the season with Temple. Um, so that may be more of a a uh, fad come this fall. So we'll we'll see. We've got uh, Coach Coach Blake Harrell, uh, second year in Greenville, and uh, Coach, the defensive uh, coordinator for the ECU Pirates, uh, coming off of the uh, purple-gold scrimmage on Saturday where it was great to have fans back in the stands uh, of Dowdy Ficklin uh, again. Coach, uh, instead of kind of working our way back, let's work our way from the back forward uh, and just talk about some position groups here, give you a chance to, to – uh, to talk about some specific guys which fans and Pirate Nation love to hear. Uh, let's start with that secondary, uh, safeties and corners, and, and I'll just kind of let you have the floor of who impressed. Uh, and certainly you had some young guys out there, particularly at corner in the uh, scrimmage who got some valuable reps. Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about, you know, our secondary and our, our, our back, our back uh, seven, eight guys that stand up and play for us. Uh, you know, at corner, 
you got always get some solid guys with, with Clement Mill and Malik Fleming, Nolan Johnson. All three of those guys started for us last year and are playing like starters right now and just nice to have older guys with experience out wide that you can count on and have confidence in. So nice to have those guys back. The male uh, is back and healthy and moving around good. Um, and then some young guys that, you know, I think came a long way this spring, Sean Tucker and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I'm sorry, I, I, um, TJ Crump and, and Jaden Chalmers, both all three freshmen who, who show you some promise for the future. So that that's kind of nice to see there. Let me ask you about Chalmers real quick. Sorry to interrupt, Coach, but, uh, you know, there's someone he's prepped a year. Uh, he was a heck of a, a, a high school football player at Lee County. And even though he's, uh, you know, doesn't have that year in college, as it were, it's not like a JUCO guy. Physically, is he maybe a little uh, ahead of where a typical freshman would be at this point? I, I think so, just as far as, you know, he's a, he's a mid-year kid, he's prepped a half semester. Uh, semester there and, and coming in, so it's probably a little further ahead of physically than a high school player, uh, high school kid would be. But I think still he's a freshman mindset as far as still getting to learn the, the system and and the terminology and scheme. Gotcha. Yeah. And that that's uh, that's probably his biggest curveball right now. Uh, coach, let's talk the safeties. Uh, of course, Trip Weaver coaches them up, but uh, you got uh, Jira Wilson, the sophomore back. Got a, a couple of older guys in in, in that position group. Uh, give us kind of the the four one one on that room, if you will. Yeah, Jared Wilson is a lot of fun to, to have out there and a lot of fun to watch. Um, you know, it's in a New Jersey number this this spring yeah. and zero. So we'll just see if he gets to keep that for the fall. But I, I don't even call him by his name anymore. I just call him zero. So he, but he is long and he he can make some plays and just has a little knack for finding the quarterback when when to bring him on pressures and can do some different things there. Uh, but he, he had a good spring. You know, Demetrius Mooney is, is playing um, Sam as well. You know, his, his new spring for him on the defense side of the ball, but you see flashes for him as far as his athletic ability. And then um, also Gerard Stringer is, is back at, at Sam. And just nice to have Gerard back, an older guy who's, who started a bunch of games, played a lot of snaps, longer, can run. So he's really excited about the same position overall, not just Jire, not just Gerard, not you know, not just any one individual, but the depth we also have there, which is exciting. Um, that we got some guys that are longer and run and, and do some different things there. And, and then in the, on the back two, the two high safeties, uh, whether it's you know Jawan Powell, um, DJ Ford, uh, Tegan Wilk, or, or even. Uh, Dorso, Sean Dorso, those, those mm-hmm. guys all performed well this this uh, this spring. You know, had really good springs. DJ Ford, probably the guy that you know maybe a lot of folks don't know about that, that transferred to us from North Carolina, mm-hmm. and just been as a uh, has been outstanding back there, and, and really has a presence back there in the, in the secondary. So excited about all those guys. Um, you know, individually, I think uh, Jawan really came on late in the spring. Just Hey, it's just his second year in the defense, knowing what to do, and, and just can be a difference maker with his speed. Sean Dorso has the ability to play both field and boundary safety, so he, he's he's made himself versatile there and done a really nice job with that. And then Tegan Wilk is, is uh, you know, I, t- I tell him all the time he could probably come play linebacker the way he comes downhill and supports <laughs> the run. So, yeah, but excited about that group. Ty, Ty Moss is another young kid that's uh, we moved from quarterback over to safety. And, mm-hmm. 
And you, you see him developing, and what you can see in a couple of years from now that he, he could end up playing on the grass for you. So we've been, got been a, been a, you know, a pleasant position group back there. Coach Weaver's done a nice job with those guys. We've got uh, Coach uh, Blake Harrell, Pirate Defensive Coordinator, uh, with us uh, here. It just seems like there's a lot of guys to talk about. Uh, Weaver uh, now in the fold, and then you've got another uh, new coach, I believe. Doust, Tim Doust is how it's pronounced. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, but uh, you guys have brought him in. Uh, I think a great addition for the uh, for the staff. And then you've got uh, local product, Jeremy Lewis. And I, and I talked about this with Coach Houston when we had him in studio a few weeks ago. You know, seeing Jeremy play in high school. I, I thought he was going to project out and be a defensive, uh, you know, end outside linebacker type, which is where he is now in high school because he had great athleticism, great length, great instincts. Not to say he wasn't a good offensive player. He was a really great high school offensive player. Was athletic, can make diving catches. But it just seems like he's more at home on that side of the ball. I, I, time will tell, but that's the impression I have, at least with Jeremy Lewis. Yeah, and like you said, Coach Dallas has been a great addition to the staff and brought a lot of knowledge, a lot of energy. That's, that's our side of the ball and, and just really excited about him to have him. And, and Jeremy Lewis is a lot of fun to have on defense. He makes uh, makes us all better coaches. And I think you, I, I agree with your prediction as, as far as he would be a defensive player. Um, you know, he, he's a, a good, great great to have on our side of the ball, and I'm excited about him. I think he's enjoying himself, too. He's put on a little bit of weight and – um, he just tackles problems with it. You know, he's dropping in the coverage or he's coming off the edge. Uh, he, he makes plays. And he doesn't always know exactly where he's supposed to be or what he's supposed to be doing, but he goes 100 miles an hour, and he's going to make something happen. So excited about Jeremy and just having a, a versatile guy that, that can, bring off, can bring off the edge and get to the quarterback. We're dropping the coverage. Another thing about Jeremy is he understands what, how offense is are trying to attack defenses just from playing on that side of the ball or what offenses are trying to do. So, his, you know, his football savvy, his uh, call it football intelligence out there is really high. So excited about him and what he's bringing there. Coach, anybody else as far as uh, at the outside positions or any, any you know, edge rushers, uh, any, any yeah, other guys you want to talk about there? Another, another guy that stood out in that room this spring that had, had probably, you know, played his best ball since I've been here is Manny Hickman. Mm-hmm. Uh, playing at the field end, just did a really nice job. Was really reliable there. Uh, gets after it. We we call it a little predator award, which is kind of the guy that goes out and you know has the best motor of the day, flies around, makes plays. And Manny won that a couple times this spring. Just doing a nice job of uh, being coachable and, and doing what you ask of him. So. Pirate defense uh, on paper returning ten of eleven starters, and uh, that's a big thing heading into twenty twenty one. Uh, Pirate defensive coordinator Blake Harrell is with us. Uh, inside backers, you got a couple of veteran guys, Bivens, uh, Xavier Smith. Xavier Smith moved around a little bit. I think some of that in the scrimmage seemed to be maybe to kind of save him, you know, on some snaps uh, because, uh, you know, you, you certainly – a veteran guy who's valuable like that, you don't want to put a lot of wear and tear on in the offseason if you could help it. But uh, it kind of starts with those two guys on the inside, and it's got to be a nice luxury to, to have – uh, not only productive guys at that pos- at that spot, but real leadership guys. Yeah, X, as you mentioned, Xavier uh, was one of our top tacklers last year, led the team, and was really productive last season. And he has a lot of a huge skill set where he can play inside, he can come off the edge, do some different things in package situations, and 
he's kind of natural coming off the edge. You know, you haven't really had a lot of reps have been coached up out there a whole lot, but when you see him come off the edge, I mean, he can get to the quarterback, create some problems, and, and give offensive lines some problems. So uh, I think that's just something he can add to his, his toolbox and tool set that makes him more versatile and makes us defensively more versatile and gets, you know, more speed on the field for us as, as a um, as a defense, which is pretty exciting. Um, and then Bruce Bivens, as you mentioned, Bruce has had a really great spring, and, and he's playing fast. He's triggering. He's playing downhill, and just he plays at another level right now. So I'm excited about keeping him healthy and, and working and in, getting into the fall with him. So Miles Berry is another kid that mm-hmm. uh, you know probably had his, his best spring since I, you know. Uh, is playing at a high level, moving around, playing really fast, and, and just doing a nice job uh, of understanding the defense and fitting and, and, and with his leadership as well. So we're excited about that group inside and, and where they're going and, and the direction they're heading and, and just really feel solid there. Coach Blake Harrell's with us. Uh, Coach Harrell, the, the, a move I thought didn't get a lot of you know chatter in the, in the offseason, but I think it made uh, some real – sense and ended up making uh helping this group make some real strides and that's you know as far as your defensive tackle goes Roy Tesh moving off special teams and kind of solely into that and I think that speaks to not only coach Tesh's coach Tesh's versatility but uh Mike Houston's willingness to you know not be frozen in amber and well you know you're supposed to be the special teams guy you're in other words uh the guy's a ball coach and he he is he's in my opinion elevated uh, the performance of of that grouping. Uh, what say you on that? Yeah, I, I agree. Roy Tesh is a ball coach, and he does a great job. Those guys up front, you know, he's still got um, some young guys. I mean, he's got a bunch of freshmen up there, and does a great job getting those guys to play hard. I mean, they may have been here for a fall now, and, and in their in the the spring of their freshman year, but they're still freshmen, um, and he's getting them going in the right direction. 100 miles an hour and just you know trying to develop them physically obviously we've done in the weight room and doing those type of things but also just hey understand the game better understand the why of why we do things or why we call certain defenses or why we play certain techniques so he's doing a really nice job with those guys up front coach as far as um physically obviously big john having these guys and then having them for the summer is going to be a huge deal but, you know, you look at this offensive line, and, boy, if that group could stay healthy, that, that'll be a big thing. Look at your guys up front defensively. You know, I, I, you just kind of take a, a, a look at that, you know, the trenches, and they look like guys that are, are football players in the American now. Yeah, that, I, I certainly agree with you there. You just you take a look at our defense, and I, I think it's night and day, just our team's feet defensively that we can put on the field right now and, and – just chase the ball and do some things like that. Is we we are starting to look like the guys we actually play across the field. So that that's been um, a relief. For you, you know, you don't always want to try to win the, the get off the bus contest, but it's kind of <laughs> nice to be in, in in the room and in the competition with it. So um, we'll get there even even more as we develop through the summer and and, and so forth in recruiting. Coach, what's the big? Uh at least from your side of the ball, what are the next several months uh, looking like as far as development of players, what you and your staff are going to be kind of concentrating on? Yeah, so so our guys will, you know, they're obviously wrapping up exams right now, uh, this week and next, 
and then I'll get a little bit of time off, come back and later in May. And the, the first couple weeks, I think they're back. They're just in the weight room, big John, developing in there, which they'll do all summer. And then at some point, early June, late May, we'll, we'll, we'll get our hands on them and just start going through, you know, back to the film or back to installs. They'll go out and throw and just do, start doing skill development. So making sure they're getting right back into it. And then, you know, by late July, you're, you're back in the practice mode and right back at it. So um, you kind of you start back over with your install through the summer and maybe even build on that a little bit. And at some point, you start focusing on App State and your first couple opponents pulling film out and just watching those guys with your players and, and getting ready for that mindset, just kind of getting everything you do ready to go, you know, win the App State game. Blake, other thing for you here, how important is it going to be for the program to be able to have guys uh, back on campus and the recruiting getting back. And, and, you know, it's a tough deal with the recruiting now. This is kind of out of the high school the senior group in some ways and certain juniors that aren't slam dunk guys necessarily. I mean, this is a little bit of a lost class on both ends. There's, it seems like there's going to be a lot of time to, to make up here and some, some evaluations that are going to have to be made. Yeah, how about how would you like to be a uh... – a parent of a 2021 and getting ready to, to go through the junior, getting ready to go through as far as, you know, trying to get him around in 10 different schools or whatever it may be, that would be tough. But on our end, I'm just excited. We're going to have kids on, on campus for the first time since I've been here. I mean, which is crazy to think I've been over here over, uh, over a year and we've really never had, uh, you know, unofficial visits, official visits while I've been here. So I'm excited about that. And just, to, you know, you miss that part as a, as a as a coach. You obviously enjoy the players you have on campus, but part of being a, a college coach is the chance to go out and recruit, develop relationships with high school coaches, you know, future players, and, and do that thing. So I've missed that, and you're doing it through social media and on the phone, but it's nothing like a, a face-to-face conversation. So excited about that in June and, and just getting people on our campus because we have a lot to offer here at ECU and ECU football and our stadium and our facilities. So once you see that, I think that helps sell itself. Uh, there's only so much, you know, a recruit, a family can see through FaceTime or pictures or Zoom calls. But once you see it in person, that that's, uh, that kind of puts them over the top. Uh, hey, Coach, great to, to talk with you. We appreciate the time. Hope to catch up with you uh, as we get into the summer. Yeah, that's awesome. Thanks, Patrick. Yep, there he is, uh, Blake Harrell. Uh, happy birthday, Ben Byram. And uh, tomorrow, Jim Zoki, Panthers Radio Network, will look at what Carolina is going to do with the draft and more.